Welcome to Dragon Heart. I am joined by Mark Griffiths and Bill Long. How are you both? You can probably hear by my throat how good I am. Still, still recovering from getting excited at Notts County on Friday. <laughs> well, it was certainly a very exciting occasion. Um, we're into the next round. Of course, we're going to be breaking that down. We're going to be talking about yours and everyone else's, everyone's favourite FA Trophy memories that weren't the final, of course, and a few other bits and bobs along the way. So let's not wait around. This is Dragonheart. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragonheart. We're into the pot for the next round. It's going to be a tasty draw against Stock. It's a tasty draw against Stockport. But first, let's talk about Notts County. Um, a very successful away tie. You two are going to have to do most of the breaking down with this one because I was occupied doing other things, but I got to watch some of the game at least. So, Mark, cracking result, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I guess we rode our luck occasionally. But, you know, you can't dominate 90 minutes of every game. And, I mean, again, just the spirit of coming in and, and scoring a late goal. We, we've suddenly become a team that expects to do that sort of thing, which I don't know what you think, Bill, but I, I, I think it's it's a real testament to the character and belief in the squad. Yeah, we've done it yet again, you know, gone behind in the first half and ended up turning it around to another 2-1 away victory. That's, uh, that's we've... We've we've done that, you know, fair bit this season. That's it's it's really impressive. Um, I did. I got. I've got to say, I did see a few Notts County fans on Twitter, and I know we don't we don't really um, give the Twitterati too much uh, uh, attention usually. But being a little bit, um, how should we put it, salty that the saying that we had to put our full strength out and all that sort of stuff. Like you're in a game of football, you've got to play to win it. And if we're not we're not performing, and we need our strikers to come on and win the game for us, then then that's what you do. Um, and a lot of talk about how our full strength played against their 60% was one Twitter, right? Twitter comment I saw. And I thought, well, you know what? Like, actually, that wasn't a full strength for Exum side. Even with um, Mullen and, and uh, Palmer coming on, it wasn't a full strength for Exum side. So full credit to the lads for turning it around. Uh uh, and I think it's actually quite enjoyable being that side that's annoying other teams. We've had too many teams come to us and be that annoying team that go on and be successful. Let's uh, let's be that team that goes and does it back. Yeah, no more Mr. Nice What do you nice think, Chin? Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No no more Mr. Nice team. I like that, Mark. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got a title for their episode sources. I'm going to say now, <laughs> if, if the fa- you know, Notts County fans, no, I think, okay, first, they have a right to respond however they wish. Secondly, you know, if if they if if it was an injustice, uh, then I look forward to watching them play against Stockport on April the second. Oh no, that would be nothing. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I mean, to be frank, uh, what about the first game, a home game of the season? Then, when we absolutely destroyed Notts County and they managed to get away with a draw, if we'd scored five goals in that game, I don't think they could have complained. Um, so that is the nature of football. How about the game we played in Notts County in the league when we were sensational for eight minutes, took the lead, and then had the player sent off. And despite that, could easily have got something out of the match, missed a penalty at 2-1. Uh, you know, over the balance of the three games, we've been the better side. But 
to be fair, I think that's County actually a decent club. And I prefer to see it as there's something in the chemistry amongst us that seems to guarantee a great game. Because all three games have been really open and attacking and exciting. And, and I think I'd rather celebrate that, if I'm honest with you. I'd like to see them go yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people in, Re- in the club at Wrexham would like to see them go up because they're a decent club. Uh, and <laughs> I don't mean decent in a sort of, oh, they're decent, I suppose. I mean, act decently. And I was saying to some of their very friendly staff, uh, I said, oh, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd like you to go up as well you know, as Austin. They said, oh, we might meet you in the playoff final. So I, 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 I promised we'll take care of Stockport in the normal season if they promised to get in the playoffs. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I hope that comes to pass, to be honest. Well, after their result on Tuesday, uh, I think the, the league's pretty much... So tied up now, I think Stockport are going up as champions. Anyway, that's a different what? conversation. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. Uh, Bill, yeah. Is there a reading on that titleometer? Um, I think it's gone down to a six, but I'm still a little bit more confident than Che, I think. It all comes down to uh, the next couple of weeks. I don't think games like that against. Uh, Notts County when they're on a good run of form uh, are a real indicator um, we're still waiting for that slip up for, from them which isn't happening but the closer we get towards the end of the season the more pressure there's going to be so let's see uh, t- Titleometer has gone down what, what, was, it, was it seven last week? I can't remember or was it still six? We won't go up as champions we're not going up as champions. We're, we're fourth at the moment. Halifax are in fantastic form as well. We've got them to play yet. We've got Stockport to play yet. By the time, I'll guarantee it, honestly, mark my words, but I'll guarantee it, Stockport would have already won the league before we play in that last home game of the season. Well, anyway. Do you know what? There's, 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 there's something that sort of kind of going back to what Mark said, and it, it does apply to Stockport a little bit as well. There's there's a, a, a bit of needle between all those ex-league clubs Uh the fan base is more than the clubs. Obviously, you said that there's a, there's a lot of mutual respect between Notts County, you know, uh, club staff and Wrexham club staff. But we're also desperate to get up. The, there's that sort of almost forced rivalry going on when I'm completely indifferent to Notts County, to be honest. They seem like a really nice club, but we don't want them to win because we want to go up. And it kind of reminds me of... of Luton, I know that their trajectory has been really high up the last couple of, of years, but I think both sets of fans look on that fixture fondly now. But at the time, it was really tasty, wasn't it? When we played Luton, the atmosphere was always very um, on edge. Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. Um, especially after that 3-0 in the playoffs when yeah, we wanted to get back at them somehow. And nearly did in the second leg, remarkably. Oh, yeah, they've got some mm. really good games against them, didn't we? Uh, I, I just, I'm just wondering... What will Chase forfeit be when he's proven to be wrong? <laughs> we need to have a, a proper... Th- Maybe you should throw this out on Twitter, you know, we need to have a proper forfeit for him. Look, look at Stockport's form. It, it's excellent at the moment. Yeah, they, they've got Wealdstone and Kings Lane and Eastleigh for their next three games. Um, we have... Who do we, who's our next three games? We've got a oh, we've got run of them. Bromley, Halifax and Dover. You know, Bromley's a really tough game away from home and Halifax are in excellent form and, and above us in the league. So they could be well, well and truly ahead by the time we play them. 
Um, I, I just can't see anyone knocking them off the perch. There's nothing wrong with that. We'll go up. I, I really fancy us in the playoffs, the way we play. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play us, especially with the big crowds we're getting. With, you know, and we're winning a lot at home now. It seems to be coming together. But I just think Stockport at the moment at that they're at that point where you know they're going to have to go on a significant loss of form to not win the league. It's all down to only, them now, isn't it? They only need to lose two games and they've got to play us once as well. That's how I look at it. They only need to lose two games and draw one. And if we keep our run of form going on, match their results, that, that's it. That's why I'm not like, nothing's, nothing has really changed. Even though they've beaten Notts County, nothing's really changed since last week because they've won one extra game while they were winning games. Anyway, we've still got that... Um, that game in hand on a man, the same scenario if we were to win that game in hand. So um, I'm, I'm somewhere I, in the middle of both of you, I think. That is actually I just, how I view it. I, I feel nothing's changed. I expected Stockport to beat Notts County. I, they will drop points, I think, but it'll come later. Um, and I, I, just, I, I respect your point, Jay, about them being in excellent form. But they're actually on the same winning run as we are because they've won seven and we have. Yeah, I agree, but... I just think we threw away too many points early on in the season. Um, I think, you know, if we got that win against Notts County at home, if we beat, if we did hold, if we didn't lose Stockport, that that was a throwaway game. If you remember that, that yeah. for that first half, how we actually ended up losing that to two, two silly goals. You know, I think if we and they were in did, a bit of disarray at that point as well, weren't they? Of course, yeah, and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not so confident, Mark. Um, it's it's not coming from a bad place. Not saying we're a bad side. You know what I mean? It, it's it's coming from the fact I think Stockport look like a title winning side. You know what? And... When we commentate, Neil Williams always says that you're you're a pessimist. All I can say is good <laughs> things happen to optimistic people. You're sitting there wallowing. In the fact that we've won seven in a row, so we must be awful. I'm here being positive. I'm here being positive. And I've just found a mini egg. So you see, good things happen to good people. It's delicious. That's that's some politician level of word twisting there, Mark. Fair play, I like it. And it was just sitting here on my table. It just what? materialized when I started being optimistic. Come on, come on, Jay. <laughs> it's, gonna be interesting. it's gonna be interesting. Um but I honestly think we we the next two games are gonna be vital, aren't they? Mm. You know, looking at Bromley, <laughs> looking at Halifax, that's two really, really important games, isn't it? And I don't know. Halifax are in fine form as well, you know, Borumwood. They've still got a lot of game. They've got a game in hand over us. Are only a point behind us if they win their game in hand. It's quite the exciting for a neutral this season in the National League. But personally, I just think Stockport look really, really good this season. Are we talking about? Not I think though, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, at some point yeah, we should yeah. go back to that. I think. We, we, we I, I think cir- circling back round to that slightly. Like I think that game. And the, the the squad depth that we've shown, I know we've talked about it before, but the games like that are really showing that if we don't go up, it's it's a matter of when rather than yeah. if. If we yeah. don't go up this year, it's probably going to be next year. Uh, you know, when you've got Dan Jarvis, who's barely played a game, 
putting in a performance like he did, like, you know, the other day, mm. and he'd be well down some people's pecking orders. And we've got a hell of a squad, and it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think we keep keep these players keep performing like that next year. Uh, they're going to be one year better off for it as well. So, fingers crossed. I, I well, mean, let's let's see. Oh, sorry, I was say, let's talk about that. You know, last week we were talking about do we field our strongest side? When the team sheets were announced, what was your reaction, Mark? Um, I, I don't think anything out of the ordinary, if I'm honest with you. We've got mm. a better chance of winning if Mullen and Palmer start, but I thought that that was a team that, that could still win. Um, mm. So, uh, which, let's be honest, is what Parkinson's looking at when he picks a team like that. He's not throwing the game. He's saying, I think this team can do this job. Um, so, I mean, I was glad to see Ponticelli uh, and Jarvis given that opportunity. And I think the fact that Jarvis stayed on to the end shows that he took that opportunity well. I felt a bit sorry for Ponticelli. He worked very hard. We weren't really making the chances. Um, but, but then you know, we always knew that we had strength and depth on the bench. I just felt a bit edgy because uh, Bryce Susanna had, had to go off. I just felt a bit edgy that, well, maybe we might be compromised later on in the game. You know, if, if, if Parkinson's thinking, I'm going to bring on both strikers, now he's had to use one of his subs, will he be brave enough to do that? Or will he think, I've got to keep one in hand in case there's another injury? But he was bold, he went for it, and he's rewarded for it. Yeah, of course. What do you think, Bill? Uh, just pretty much the same, really. I think we had a little bit of a chat, didn't we, Che, when, when we saw it? And it seemed like the right thing to do, keep the spine of the sides, you know, the, the back five uh, other than Hosanna uh, intact. Hosanna was the obvious swap, wasn't he? And unfortunately, you know, it was a real, real shame for him that he couldn't keep uh, going for the 90 minutes and, and give a bit of an opportunity to show what he was capable of. Um Midfield sort of picks itself at the moment, doesn't it? And then it was just a down, down to the strikers. I, I was kind of surprised not to see Kwame or Dior maybe get an opportunity, but he his his second choice lineup seems to be playing Jarvis sort of behind the lone striker, doesn't it? Yeah. He played the last FA Trophy game, didn't he, as well? And he played all right against Bournemouth. He played well against... He played reasonably good against Wheelstone as well. I think Jarvis deserves his opportunity. You know, he's a young player. He, he's got a lot of technical ability. Last season, he didn't really show, you know, I think all the fans are really wanting him to play last season when he played. Didn't really light the world up, shall we say. But I think any manager, any anyone can see that um, Jarvis is a player with a lot of promise, isn't he, Mark? And he, it was a, it was a hell of a goal to get us back into the game. It was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Because it was just coming a bit behind him. And I, I must say, I always like Jarvis when he's sort of being decisive and quick with things. I think that his the, the thing that counts against him occasionally is that because he's such a lovely technical player, he does slow things down a bit. Um, sometimes it's appropriate to do that, don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's good to act quickly, and he's got such a good technique that, yeah. Am I being stupid? Is the fact that the ball was slightly behind him a good thing for him? Because it meant he had to fall back on his technique and finish first time, rather than take a touch and then maybe see the chance 
is it go away from him a bit because players might close him down? You know, maybe. I don't know, but it was a lovely take, wasn't it? It was slightly behind him and he just nailed it and got the leverage on it into the top corner. It was a beautiful, beautiful finish. Uh, he's, he's a fine player. Well, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion, Bill. Do you think, you know, Dan Jarvis is a very young player, of course. Do you think he's someone who could really, you know, grow into football at their age, if you know what I mean? You know, his, his decision-making will get better, his physicality to get better. Do you think he's someone that we'll utilise as we go up the leagues? I mean, it's possible. He came from, am I right in thinking he was Stokes Academy? He was from, uh, you know, so there's that technical knowledge that he'll have gained being a, in, a, in a higher-up academy. Um I, I think he could be the star player for a lot of teams in positions below us if they had the right sort of setup for it. And we're lucky to have a player of his quality on the bench. And he's only going to benefit from playing with the likes of Toza, Hayden, Mullin, Palmer, all you know, O'Connor, all these lads that have played at other football league clubs and know what it takes to make that step up. Whereas, you know, under Keats, yeah, okay, you've got the likes of Rutherford and Jay Harris who have done similar, but maybe coming towards the tail end of their career. You've got you've got lads who can with Jarvis who can not only um, talk the talk but they can currently walk the walk as well, and that that I think that sort of style of captaincy and and leadership of setting an example is maybe something that we've missed over the last couple of years. Um, I think you know like a lot of players have provided that. Don't get me wrong, but to have that across the starting eleven. Um, the, your main starting eleven only gives your bench a massive boost, doesn't it, Che? Really? Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree. He's got real quality around him. And he is really pushing for that first 11 position at the moment, Dan Jarvis. He he, he had an excellent game against Notts County. He's had a few good cameos so far this season. Yeah, he's... And, and I think Phil Parkinson really does rate him. So, yeah, we went into the first half. It was a it was a close game, wasn't it, Mark? The first half, it was, it was. very well contested. Can I just jump back to Jarvis for a second as yeah. well? That's okay, Jay, that... It's um, it's starting to scare me how much Bill and I obviously saw things very similarly on Friday, uh, because I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> with what he said before about if we don't go up this season. I was thinking the same thing after the Friday after Friday's match that he it, we looked like a team that well we should keep our squad together. Probably had two or three more, and the way we've clicked and it has gelled now, I'd be terrified if we were in the National League next season for all the others because I think we'd absolutely blow it away. Um, and I also strongly agree with what you're saying about Jarvis as well. I think he's, I was thinking the same thing that, you know, when we, we play games and you see that lad in the other side's midfield who absolutely stands out and you think, oh, he's a good player. Um, Jarvis would be that player playing for anyone else pretty much in our division. And that, that, that's the sort of quality he's got. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I uh, he's a he's an asset, and I think one that could continue at a higher level to look better than he does at this level. Um, going on to what you said, Jay. Yeah, the first half was. Oh, I, I thought. Not, I mean, to be fair, I thought Notts County played well, and probably on on balance had more of the game than us. And did they carve out enough opportunities? Considering that you know, there was a good save, wasn't there, by Dibble early on, low down to his left, when Mitchell turned and hit it. Um, we defended the box fairly well, I thought, and we started to show threats as well. So the first half was, yeah, pretty well contested. We came back into it well, I thought, and, and just like you said earlier, that we, we don't seem to get flummoxed if we go behind, which is good. 
You know, you see teams that react badly to going behind. We we don't seem to see that as a huge setback. There's confidence in the team that they'll pull themselves back into it. Um, having said that, I think it was crucial. We got an equaliser before we got the the two big star strikers on. But no, it was it was a well contested first half, was that? I thought Notts County were really fluent considering the fact that they had so many of their players out injured. You know, their movements of the ball, especially down the right hand side, was really good and well oiled and looked like something that had been worked on a hell of a lot. So the fact that they had players out was quite impressive, I thought, really. Yeah, it, it seemed to be more of the same second half as well, didn't it? I think they put us under a lot of pressure, didn't they, Bill? Yeah, they, they were unlucky. Um, I, I can't remember time-wise. I I'm, I'm, didn't take notes, so apologies for not remembering, but I think it was around the 80th minute when they hit the bar, was it, Mark? And it was... Uh, foot. Yeah, yeah right. So it was right before uh, we, we scored. Yeah, right before we scored. Yeah, seven seconds later. Yeah, it was yeah. thunderous shot, wasn't it? And that, that shot was worthy of a goal, really. I don't like saying that. That's that's one of those commentator cliches that I hate. Like, oh, he's hit that perfectly. Well, I don't know if it was perfect, it would have ended up in the back of the net. But that was the kind of shot that probably deserved a goal in a way, wasn't it? But it was a save, wasn't it? Yeah. Dibble saved yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah Dibble saved it. On. Did, did he tip it onto the post, right? It was yeah. an incredible save. Um, and let's I haven't seen the highlights table. back, you see. So I did watch it at the time, but I haven't, and I was watching it on a tablet, so probably didn't quite see it properly. But fair play to Dibble if he's if he yeah. saved it. Well, let's talk about Dibble because he's a player in the past. I think a lot of Wrexham fans have got on his back uh, undeservedly. I think at times, I think he's a, I think he's a decent keeper. He's a very good number two for this level, and again, like um, like Jarvis could easily be be, be a. First, uh, first team keeper in other teams this le- in this level. For him to come in after not playing for a long time, he had a really good game, didn't he, Mark? Oh, superb! Absolutely superb. I can only echo what you said that uh, to have a backup like him is fantastic. And, and we've done ever so well to manage to convince him that this is a project to stick with. Because yeah, when he's had chances and done well, he must be thinking I could be first choice. I could leave and be first choice. But he seems very positive about the club. He seems to love it. He is our longest serving player now as well, of course. Um, and he seems very happy to work with Leighton and take his chances when they come. Uh, I, I must say, with that save, only one person in the press box realised it was a save. That was Andy Morell. He was in the row in front of me. And, and yeah, when the match ended... Every, you know, sort of, he said, he, he, he touched that, he touched that, and, and nobody really bought it, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> if you listen to my uh, Hot Take podcast, I don't mention a save, I just say hit the bar. Because uh, I, I, nobody thought Dibble had, had touched it. Um, in fact, I even said nobody had a chance to even move. I wasn't right there. But then when I went down to pitch side, <laughs> um it immediately became apparent that Dibble had saved this because it seems like he told every single person that he'd seen after the final whistle that he'd saved it. <laughs> Everyone was talking about it. Apparently, the changing room was full of it. Quite right, too. If I could make a save like that, I'd be banging on about it, I tell you. And what a wonderful example of a save being worth a goal because we score, like I said, 97 seconds later and win it. Brilliant stuff. Again, like, you know, you hear a lot of these pundits saying, oh... Like Roy Keane, for example, or goalkeepers, they're good shot stoppers, or it's their job. 
Well, it's also strikers' jobs to score goals, and they don't always do that all the time. You, you know what I mean? I think Chris Dibble, he, he has had, I think a lot of fans, I think he had a couple of bad mistakes a good few seasons back. I think a lot of fans seem to jump on him at every sort of micro mistake he does. Yeah, his distribution is not quite as good as Rob Lainton's. He's not quite as good as a goalkeeper as Rob Lainton, but if he's ever in goal, I'm, I'm never really worried. I think he's got an, he's, he's an excellent shot stopper. And he's he's a cracking number two, and it yeah, really really happy for him to get an FA Trophy start because I think he deserves to be the cup goalkeeper, doesn't he, Bill? Yeah, I I, I love having uh, cup goalkeepers. I think it's it's the it's the way to do it, and uh, it's kind of a shame that he hasn't had a little a little bit more time for the season in general. Or maybe it's not a shame because it means Rob Layton's been fit all year, and and we've not had to worry about playing a second choice keeper, but. I nominated him for my um, unsung was it unsung hero I think from the from the awards from last year and I think I just only really echo what you say Jay you know he, he he's I, there's something to be said for a player that's lasted as long at the club as he has uh, who doesn't mind being second choice and a lot of people would see that as a detriment but maybe he realized you know he knows he's not uh, better than Rob Layton but he knows he's probably going to get chances during the season because. Rob Layton's a little bit injury prone, so to to be willing to to hang around and and do a job is 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 fantastic. And again, like Dan Jarvis, he could be playing for a, a club at this level and being a, a starting goalkeeper easily. Uh, counting caretakers, how many managers has he seen off? Oh, right. Including caretakers, you say. Including caretakers. I've created that that radio gold awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> what what year did he say he's how long has he been with us for again? Just remind me. He signed for us uh, under Keats's first spell. Oh right. So including caretakers. No, nah, that's a tough one. Seven? Oh, He's close, Che. He's close. But are you going to go up or are you going to go down? Six. Keats, first time. Andy Davis and Carl Darlington, two-headed caretaker beast. Uh, Ricketts. Yeah. Farrell, remember him? <laughs> the blinking. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Yeah, I forgot about him. Brian Flynn, caretaker. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Keats, yeah, Parkinson's is eighth. Wow, eighth wow. Brian, Brian Flynn was the one I wasn't remembering. Oh, it was a little bit of a guess, but Brian Flynn was the one I didn't remember there. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's wow. uh, that's it's some set managers. of managers in that amount of time, isn't it? That's just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think wow. he's, he's you know, fair play to him, he should be applauded. His patience, his hard work, occasionally he's come in like that as a cup player. And he looks a tiny bit rusty. Certainly wasn't on um, Friday. In terms of what Roy Keane said about goalkeepers are supposed to save shots, yeah, midfielders are supposed to stay on the pitch for 90 minutes and not get sent off and <laughs> let their teammates down. But Roy didn't uh, fulfil that brief all the time, did he? I thought the first half save he made low down to his left as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's the sort of thing goalkeepers do in repetitions over and over, those sharp dropping down saves. But it wasn't easy. Mitchell turned really well, hit it hard from about 
but just outside the six-yard box. Tozer's between him and Dibble, so that might have just unsighted him slightly. Um, but he got down really quickly. Powerful shot, pushed it around the post. It was a, a very good save. So, yeah, he had a very good save and a worldie. Fair dues. Can't say much fairer than that. Let's talk about that a little bit. The the He's cut, used to come in and maybe rusty for cup games. Yeah. Do you think that's the improvement off the pitch with the you know, the fitness coaches, things like that, maybe keeping players who are not as active, sharper. Could be, couldn't it? Could be that he's <laughs> maturing as a player, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I always remember, I mean, look, I t- please, firstly, I should make myself clear, I'm not criticising him. I always remember the Harrogate game in his first season, the one that we lost with Mark Beck scored twice. He was not at fault for either goal. Um, but having made a good start of the season and then got injured, and I wonder what would have happened if he got if he'd not got injured. You know how this, it would have panned out for him at Wrexham. Uh, he he looked a bit awkward, a bit a little bit clunky in that game, and it sort of stuck in my head that. And he has had a couple of games, you know, where he's not been able to to stop goals going in. Again, I wouldn't say I blame him. But, you know, behind like a sort of makeshift defence when we picked a second string FA Trophy side like at Halifax when we got bads a couple of seasons ago. Um, but it was nice to see him there just showing, you know, he hasn't played for a long time and bang, he's right back in there and he's performing. So what would have happened if he'd not got what actually was a bit of a freak injury? So he came into the team because Chris Dunn got injured in the warm-up and made Stun for his debut, saves a penalty on his debut. Has a really good run for, but then he gets injured and we brought in Callum Preston um, and Luke Coddington while the other two, Dunn and Dibble, raced to get fit first. And they both got fit at pretty much the same time. But Din, the Din, Dunn, Din is what is when you combine the two of them. Uh, Dunn just about got back first and then he took that first spot. And unlike subsequently, when once the record Ben Lainton came in, um, I don't think that Dibble and there's be. I don't think that season there was a clear cut first choice. Clearly, Dibble was brought in to be backup, but the way he performed when Dunn was injured, I don't think Dunn would have got back in if Dibble hadn't been injured, because he did really well. So it does make me wonder just how things would have panned out if Dibble hadn't picked up what was a fairly freak injury, uh, or if he got back to fitness before Dunn did. There were too many D's in that, in, in that, like, all of that. <laughs> Dibble does. Did Dibble. Dibble. Yeah. Didn't do, does. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree. He, he, he has been quite unlucky for a lot of, lot of the portion of his, his career at Wrexham. You know, last season, he had some excellent games. And then when Leighton came back, Leighton came back into the team. So, yeah, I... I 100% agree. I think he's been a little bit unfortunate at times, but that's just the way football is, unfortunately. But now, let's talk about the spicy bit of the game. James Jones. Sorry, there's one little thing about Dibble. Mental strength. Um, In our... uh, In... um, Was it two seasons ago when the first game, first season Notts County had come down. Dibble's playing because Lainton's injured and has, has a good spell. And then gets himself, uh, it makes a horrible mistake at County. We're winning through Devontae Redmond's goal. Cross comes in, Dibble drops it, and they equalise, and we draw. 
I think it takes a bit of mental strength to come back to that ground where he's played once and messed it up and perform like he did on Friday. Um, I know, I know from being a failed goalkeeper that mistakes can stick in your head. That's probably why I was a failed goalkeeper. And going back to the scene of the crime can be a bit upsetting. Uh, fair play, he's gone back there, clear-minded. That's just not in his head, and he's turned up and put in a good performance. So absolutely right. Right, Jay, sorry, get as spicy as you want. Spicy bit of the game. James Jones. That man's on fire at the moment, isn't he? And to get a goal again. And how many goals in the last minute or the dying minutes have we had this season, Mark? Because we just become really dangerous. We, we you know, we don't stop. We just um, don't stop. And it's it's great to see. Well, if you ask me, well, Mark. So, yeah. yeah, while Mark's looking, I'll uh, just, I just want to make a point about Riesel Johnson, who has come in for some stick over the last couple of weeks, but it's the second time in, in recent memory, never mind across the season, where he's either scored or provided in that, in that critical end of the game. So, you know, he did it against Wealdstone as well, where he scored, and it was a hell of a goal that in the 96th minute. He's provided a goal here that's won us the game. So, I mean, if, if he's the, the current scapegoat, like, we're not really suffering, are we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he scored the winner at Wales, Wealdstone, so that's 95th minute. Um, Jones, 89th minute, so there's two. Uh, da, da, da. Let's have a look for a few more. Halifax. Yeah, yeah, James even, Jones again. Even Jordan Davis is in that Wealdstone game. So, yeah. Sorry, the, the Jordan Davis goal in the Wheelstone game was the 88th minute, wasn't it? I know that was yeah, an equaliser, yeah. not a winner, but it was a key goal, wasn't it, late on? Absolutely. And then, of course, we've got Marine, Jordan Davis, 95th minute free kick. Oh, what else have we got? Is that right? Surely we've done it more than that. I have a feeling oh. I thought we did it more than that. Yeah, me too. What about Halifax? Yeah, 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 yeah. Halifax. Ah, yeah. we probably have. I just can't read. <laughs> I mean, we scored late goals in other games that haven't been key, and we are scoring more late goals. But yeah, that, that kind of. <laughs> I mean, the Oval winners seventy-seven's minute. It's fairly late, isn't it? You know, it's... yeah, bit of an anti-climax for that then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, I was maybe Stockport are going to win the league. <laughs> I think it's fair to say we've got a lot of key late second yeah. half goals then rather than maybe last last couple of minutes you know we've got a lot of equalizers and then and then winners in that last sort of quartile oh, how American do they sound then the, the last like sort of you know quarter of the game uh, and it, it's you know, it's the sign of a really good side uh we're just a little bit unfortunate. There's a lot of good teams in the league this year because I think a couple of years ago we'd have absolutely destroyed the league, wouldn't we? I don't think it'd have even been in question. I mean, I've got to say as well, I mean, oh, I'll have a quick look if I can find the stats. But uh, I remember a while ago hearing the statistic which threatened to spoil my enjoyment of football, which was like the team that scores first wins something like 70% of the time. Um, well, we certainly are not applying that because we've conceded first in 13 games and we've only lost three of them. Won five, drew five. Wow. That's wow. Like, really not bad, is it? That is pretty good, I must say. So we are one exciting side to watch at the moment on and off the pitch. Um, but yeah, 
that that's the FA Trophy. We are in the hat for the next round. We have got Stockport at home. That should be a really tasty tie. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, but yeah, after this, we're going to talk about our favourite non-final FA Trophy games. Playing the music you love. This is Callon FM. Well, Mark's been talking to people on Twitter about the not their favourite non-final FA Trophy games. I'm, I'm assuming the only other final, the only final we'd be talking about would be the Grimsby one, not the North Ferriby <laughs> one, of course, which has been erased from my memory completely. Uh, <laughs> so, Mark, take it away. Oh well, um, just loads of people saying North Ferriby. It was brilliant. Well, <laughs> maybe not. Um, so yeah, we asked for like you said non-finals, and there there are some there are some obvious ones naturally. There are some surprising ones which I really like and quite eclectic ones. But firstly, um, Robert Manchester says talking away semi away leg of the semi-final. I, I wow, I mean, just look back at the photos of that. What a fantastic. Um, occasion that was with a good following considering how far away it was and yeah it was it was brilliant and the way we played in that match because it was 2-1 from the first leg everything to play for Torquay threw quite a lot at us in the first half and we did well to sort of keep them at arm's length and the second half we just destroyed them Kieran Morris absolutely fabulous Louis Moult oh, it was a brilliant performance I know I've said this before, it's, it's hard, hard to sort of put that sort of day alongside the fact that this was a an FA Trophy run-up where Kevin Wilkins sacked. You know, you didn't see that coming after we battered Torquay at their own place, got our biggest ever win at Torquay. But that was a fantastic game. Yeah, uh, it was a strange one, wasn't it? That whole FA Trophy run, wasn't it? Uh, you know, getting to the final and stumbling the final hurdle to a team like North Ferriby, whose probably whole population were in the away end. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and we were cruising in that final too. So, yeah, uh, it, it's strange one to look back at that talkie game because we were, I didn't go to the away game, but we were decent over the two the two legs. It's a shame we didn't get another trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, um, LT says Louis Moult overhead kick at Stockport. So also from that season. I mean what a that that was that was tremendous that game I remember because we were we were sort of playing all right and then managed to go two down against a team from a division below. But there was a real feeling of inevitability how we came back and, and Moult's overhead kick. Remember that one from around the penalty spots absolutely brilliant finish. Yeah, it was it was excellent. I didn't go to that game, but I do remember the highlights. And then we took them to our place and spanked them six one, just like we will in the league. Maybe that's going to be clipped. That Mark, some yeah. some Stockport county some Stockport county nerd is going to clip that and put it all over Twitter. How dare you claim that there could be nerdy Stockport fans? That's bang out of order. <laughs> and while we're at it, how dare you claim? That there's electricity in Stockport. Oh. <laughs> wrong and wrong. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Here's a, a cracking call from Craig Jones. 
which also makes me feel a bit sad, if I'm honest with you, um, which is one that springs to mind was the 4-2 win away at Tranmere during the dizzy heights of Mills Ball. It was a wonderful performance. The atmosphere felt like a league game. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that was, God, at that point, you're thinking, nothing could go wrong here. Uh, what a shame that Gary Mills's time fizzles out pretty much straight from there. But that was a marvellous game and a marvellous performance. Absolutely battered them. Not often we do that either, is it? We cram you. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I recall, I mean, in a way, that game had the seeds of failure in it because I remember he, he made some quite peculiar decisions. Sean Newton played as a central midfielder and scored and did a good box-to-box job. But it maybe was a sign that Mills just tended to shake the bag and see what came out first. Um, I don't know what, what image I'm creating there. It's either, bag, it's either crisps or the FA Cup draw. I'm not sure. Um, we were brilliant. And my, my other main memory of that was that Tranmere had Gary Brabin as manager and their fans were turning against him. And then we turned up at their place and we stuck four goals past and played some really good football as well. And their fans were, oh my gosh, I thought we were, I thought it was going to be a public execution or something. That really, I mean, their fans were livid. And the, the, I, I remember seeing, because we, you know, the, the main stand at Tranmere, the press box right at the back, but you look all the way down and you could see the, the, the dugouts and there were Tramia fans just like marching up to the dugouts as close as they could get to scream abuse at him. And he's standing there watching the match, just thinking, whoa, he's gone in the morning. Well, he wasn't actually, but yeah, I just remember thinking, we've broken Tranmere. This is, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, John and Davis, now I like this. And I don't think we should ignore it. It's gone a bit more recent than you might expect. Memory goes a bit hazy, but I'm going very recent and saying Boreham Wood this season. Feels like forever since we took a cup seriously. For whatever reasons, we had a good opponent, a strong squad and played really well. Felt like the good days were back leaving that day. And also Jordan Davis in that game, kicking a football harder than anyone I've ever seen before. It sounded like a sonic boom off his boots when he struck it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. shouldn't um, underestimate that this is a good team and this will go down historically as one of our better seasons in recent memory. We might even emulate the old Andy Morrell 98 points team, who knows? Um, but oh, it was just... That was a, an impressive performance, wasn't it, when we beat Bournemouth with the season? Yeah, yeah, and it, it was the game that... Was- probably kicked off this run, isn't it, really, yeah. you know? It, um, I know it sounds like a bit of a Captain Obvious thing to say, but I remember watching that game. Was, we, was it Wealdstone after the Borenwood game, wasn't it? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and looking at that game against Borenwood, they played a good strong side against us. We played some really nice football. That Watching that game made me not so worried about the home league game. And yeah, I, f- I think that was an excellent game. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Uh, this is a really good side, and that was a fun game. It certainly was the game before Wheelstone, and yeah. it was also. I mean, you know, don't, don't apologise for stating the obvious. It's important to say it. That was the first game of our seven-match so far winning run. 
also it was the first game in which McFadden was fit and we were able yeah. to see all three of the new signings and it felt like that. It really did feel like, oh, the final three pieces of the jigsaw have been put in place and we go and batter a good team. And as you say, I think made made the atmosphere around the game last week against them in the league very different. We battered them once. We went into it knowing we could do that and looking to batter them again and did. So no, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I think he would have been quite nervy the other day, wouldn't it, if, when we went to play him? Because I think there's a bit of a fear factor around Boreham mm. Woods just because of the, their FA Cup run. So I think you're right. If we hadn't beat them in the trophy, that doesn't that 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 kind of is a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I don't think just because of their FA Cup run, they're a good side, Boreham Woods. I think their FA Cup run has actually hindered their season because I think they were flying before that and they've had bumpy form since then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's tragic, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I lose sleep over it. Yeah, yeah. Heartbreaker. <laughs> um, Rex- Such a lovely club. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm i certainly, yeah. It's been a lovely trip down there at the end of the season. Um, Wax and Woody says, what a day Gainsborough away was. Early breakfast and beers at the turf, cracking day out and celebrations on the pitch afterwards. Um, Joe says that Gainsborough semi-final second leg. Hanko 67 also says Gainsborough Trinity. Um, Wrexham Lass, Gainsborough Trinity away, the best goal of the the game, and I missed it, Danny Wright Screamer. I popped to the ladies. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was... uh, Yeah, that, that was a memorable but really scary game. But it's also the game that wins us our first trip to Wembley. Yeah, I didn't go to a game that game. I, I, can't, I can't really remember. I remember listening to it on the radio. So how how did that game go? Well, we're 3-1 up from the first leg. Yeah. And you're thinking, OK, hopefully we'll be OK here. Gainsborough were the division below us. But you, you're sort of thinking, you know, but they played, They were play, going well. And they played well in the, in, the, in the first leg, to be fair to them. But yeah, yeah. You, you thought, well, you know, you're 3-1 up from the first leg. That's, that's usually a comfortable lead, isn't it? And we played well in the first half and Danny Rice scores halfway through the first half. A brilliant goal. Cutting in from the right on his left foot, curling it around the goalie inside the far post. So fantastic. So, so now we're 3-1 up on aggregate. You think, right, tie, the tie is over. Uh, but Gainsborough came at us really hard. Um, they equalised five minutes later. Teddy Hawkridge, who's gone on to play a decent level and, and looked really good in that game. And then they started putting the pressure on us. And, and we were defending, defending. It looked like we were all right. 85th minute, and it's still one all. So we still got the two goal buffer. But then five minutes left, they got another. And my, funnily enough, my, my two main memories of the game okay, that goal but also right at the end, oh, it was a proper kitchen sink job. There were bodies all over our penalty area. The ball's getting slung in. We're clinging on. And it was one of those, you know, when the penalty area is so crowded, you can't make out totally what's going on. And I remember right last minute, they they stick the ball in. It's bouncing about. And he's trying to, what's actually happening here? The ball, you can see, is very close to the goal. And then suddenly... It's flying 
out of the crowd of bodies up under the bar. And out of nowhere, Maxwell's hand comes up, makes a fantastic save, absolutely incredible save. And we hold on and we go through to Wembley. If, if that had gone in, I think we'd have lost an extra time, personally, because the momentum was so against us. Um, so that save by Maxwell was just massive. But it was it was exciting. I mean, the atmosphere was superb. As uh, was it Wrexham Woody was saying, you know, the fans spilling onto the pitch afterwards, but it wasn't an issue then. It was a real sort of jubilant thing. Uh, we got to Wembley for the first time. And in a way, when you have to actually suffer to get it, maybe that makes it quite special because, you know, you've really earned that opportunity. Yeah, I like that. I really do like that. So it's nice to hear about games that you didn't go to. And also had the feel of <clears throat> like a sort of more traditional club in a way. Mm. They've never been in the football league, but I had that nice feel of a sort of traditional football ground. The Gainsborough fans were really good, made a lot of noise. It felt like a really big cup tie. I mean, you could argue, and I hope I'm not being patronising to Gainsborough Trinity, that is that, yeah, that's one of the big games in their history to, to be that far from going to Wembley. So, a lot um, of hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It felt like a real crackle about the atmosphere. It was a mm. smashing game. But like I said, we needed Maxwell at the end. Amazing save by Maxwell. Or I, I think we'd have not gone to Wembley himself. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, that, that, it will all, elements of that may creep into one of my favourite trophy games in the moment. But can I just mention, because I feel I should, um, there's one other game mentioned in this Twitter exchange. And it led to a, a, having a very nice chat for me on Twitter with Mark Thorley, who was saying about his first game uh, with his lads and how they fell in love with the club watching Wrexham play. Um, and I wanted to mention it because it's lovely and because the chat that we had was good. Um, it wasn't an FA Trophy game, actually. So I want to mention it, but it doesn't really count. It was Salisbury, Wilkins' first game in charge. But we did have a nice old chat about it and it was lovely seeing him talking about how you know him and his lads got addicted to Wrexham as a result of the match. And that's the sort of things I like to hear. So I want to mention it anyway, even though what doesn't Lovely. fit in properly. Maybe we um, should do that as a feature, Mark. Oh, who, what at game some point. did you fall in love with Wrexham? Oh, I like it. I like it. What's your favourite memory in, Shay? FA Trophy? Uh, just, I found it hard to think about it, but my favourite singular memory was from this season actually playing Gloucester. Um, it was a game, I, you know, I might sound rude in saying this, I've never really been that crazy about the FA Trophy really until we get to the, you know, the semi-final, final sort of thing. Um, I know it sounds a bit rude and what have you, but there was something about that game that I really enjoyed. You know, Jordan Davis getting two excellent goals, Max Clareworth with an absolute screamer. And my favourite scene in the moment for the FA Trophy, because you know, it was a small crowd for this season, was Kwame Thomas' um, start mm. after having such a long injury. Mm. Him coming back, looking excellent, and then getting that goal was a really nice moment to commentate on, wasn't it, Mark, really? You know, you could see the relief in his face. The players are really happy. The fans are really happy to see Kwame play because they hadn't seen him play for us before. So, yeah, I think that's my favourite singular moment from the FA Trophy, apart from 
the Grimsby final, of course, was seeing Kwame Thomas get that goal because he deserved it. And it was a, yeah, it was, it was a really nice feeling walking away from that game after covering it. I must say as well, people don't tend to talk about games like that because we're expected to win them. And I understand that. But, you know, there's, you go to watch football matches to see your team win. And I've always found it quite enjoyable watching games like that where we do get into that comfort zone and we can enjoy ourselves and we see if we can chip in any more goals. You know, you, when it was 4-0, you're thinking, come on, Kwame, get a goal, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. The Welsh Premier Cup was a silly competition in a lot of ways, I agree. I accept, rather. But I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed yeah. going to the other Welsh teams. And I enjoyed sometimes watching us batter teams. It was, you know, without wanting again to sound funny about them, but it was, I'm a Wrexham fan. And, you know, yeah. when we stuck eight goals past most of Tidville, you know, Andy Morell looks embarrassed when he scored his sevens, but I was loving it. <laughs> I went to the race course, I saw him score eight goals. It's fine by me. Yeah. I don't care who it was. It's very much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to throw in the, the, uh, the analogy. It's very much like when Frank Grimes arrives at the Springfield nuclear power plant and <laughs> and hates Homer Simpson and decides he's going to try and humiliate him by fooling him into entering a children's competition to design a nuclear power plant. And Homer is on stage <laughs> showing this, the awful effort he's made. And Frank Grimes jumps up in the audience and says, look, everyone, Homer Simpson has entered a competition for children. And then Carl, Homer's mate sitting behind him, says, yeah, and he's beating their brains out. That's that sort of thing. We beat the Perth of Tidville. We destroyed Newport County 6-1 in the final. Biggest Mitch match of all time. It was beautiful. They can have that playoff final because we've got that. We've got the 6-1. It's nice, isn't it? You know, that that game was good vibes. And what I liked about it is it felt like a... I know it sounds like sound ridiculous because Wrexham games this season haven't really felt normal, have they? You know, no. post-pandemic takeover, yeah. and you know, the, the massive crowds. It feels like a big occasion every time Wrexham play. That one felt just a little bit of a touch of normality of previous seasons. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but I kind of weirdly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to see us beat five, beat Gloucester five nil. So. Yeah, what what about yours, Bill? What was your favourite? And um, so we've we've had some fantastic games mentioned, and some you know like some sentimental ones like yours, Che. I've gone for incredibly petty for mine. Uh, <laughs> my uh, favourite uh, trophy game was a game against Kidderminster Harriers. It was the first time we'd beaten them after we got relegated. And it's mainly because I have a, a very close friend from university who was a Kidderminster Harriers fan. In fact, he, it, I kind of, convert, not to be big-headed, but I kind of converted him to football because I used to talk about Wrexham all the time. And he said, oh, I'm gonna go, I might go down and watch the Harriers. And he's become a, a pretty big fan since then. Uh, and we had, used to have a lot of like banter with each other. And I always used to talk about how we'd come down and we'd batter him, even if we got relegated. And they smashed us pretty much. A typical karma smashed us pretty much every single time after that. Until this game, we beat them 2-0 in 2010. Uh, that that sort of the, the season before the, the 98 point year, and they were the sort of precursor to that that hell of a team. You've got some players in there that played a lot that the next year, some that didn't. 
and overall maybe that was sort of like helping towards building that being a really good side um unfortunately tom wasn't there to witness the defeat it was the only game i think that we had whilst kidderminster was still around where he didn't actually make the effort to come down but i still took a lot of pleasure in it anyway <laughs> well my, yours mark um i'm gonna go back to our first season in the fa trophy and in the last 16 we're away to workington and it just sticks to my head. I'm quite pleased the way we've looked at this. So all three of us have brought in sort of personal memories. And much as we want to analyse football and pull it apart, the truth is you can't forget the fan experience. We all love football because of the experiences it gives us. And so mine is, is it was partly the game, but it's much more the, the, the experience, the day itself, that went up to Workington, a ground I'd never been to before. I've got to say, I mean, it was just, oh, I love their ground. They used to be in the Football League, of course, and th- their ground clearly is exactly what it looked like in 1922 or whatever when they joined it. It is an amazing old Football League ground. And, and again, I sound patronising. I don't mean it. It's beautiful. It's got all sorts of real weird little peculiarities of the stands, the, the, the floodlights. They weren't massive. They were big. But they, had, they were really weird, sort of. They had the pylons they were built on were really odd because they were sort of, they started wide and pretty much stayed the same width all the way up. They're really strange looking floodlights. I remember being gripped by it. And I used to do a bit of photography with a, you know, paying for my student days. I spent about half an hour just wandering around the ground taking photographs. I got hundreds of photographs of it. Really enjoyed myself. I'd gone with my dad and. Um, he'd gone into the social club at the ground. And when I went back into the social club after my little wander with the camera, I find that my dad is in there holding court amongst all the Workington fans who are hanging on his every word as he tells them what Wrexham are like and all the problems we've had off the pitch and how we're a lovely bunch, really. Um, and, and I must say as well, there was a feeling then, I think Wrexham fans were quite humble. I think some teams have dropped down to the non-league and acted like we need to go back up. We shouldn't be down here playing this lot of teams. Whereas Wrexham's attitude, I think, was we've been given a problem off the pitch by our owners and we're going to take this on the chin because and, and just do our best. And I think a lot of smaller clubs appreciated that amongst our fans. And they were loving it. My dad was there chanting them. They wanted to hear all the stories about what had happened at Wrexham. And then the game was dramatic. Uh, because Workington played extremely well. So we were going really well at the time. Um, Mark Williams and Jeff Louie were in their pomp and we were unbeaten in about six weeks or so, something like that. Uh, but Workington gave us problems and quarter of an hour left, they scored. They're winning 1-0 and we came back brilliantly. We got a penalty four minutes later, Mark Williams won it. And Nathan Fairhurst, remember him? Scored the penalty. Wow. And then Mark Williams scored again 83rd minute and again 85th minute. So we ended up winning 5-1. Um, but it was just it was just a brilliant day. The only thing that went wrong that day for me was that one of the things I was discovering about non-league football was that you you get nice catering. Um, I was only 12 stone when we got relegated. Um, <laughs> and, you know, rather than get your, you know, chicken balti pie that's been frozen in uh, a, a 
factory and pizza. Don't knock the chicken balty pie. I do like chicken balty pies. I, I immediately named my favourites. I don't know why I did that, really. You know, but they've all been <laughs> they've all been sort of half cooked and then frozen in a big depot in Peterborough and sent out around the football league. You know, instead of that, you've got people cooking stuff on the spot in a little burger van. And up in the northwest, of course, because Workington is in the Lake, Lake District, pretty much. Um, Cumberland, uh, Cumberland sausage, uh, uh, bap. And I'm thinking, all right, this is proper football food. This, and, and the tragedy was, I got my Cumberland sausage bap, and before I could get a chance to take a bite out of it, a gust of wind came and took the top off the bap. I just, the ratio of meat and bread wasn't right. Which would have been the, it would have been the title of the show had you not already come up with a good one earlier. <laughs> well, I love that. I love listening to that about random, you know, non-league teams. And am I right in thinking when the, we first went down, wasn't there a cup called the Satanta Shield, or is there something? Yes. Is that just something I made up? Yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't oh. a nightmare. Yeah. Satanta <laughs> Shield. We had this epic game at Altrincham. Right at the start of that season, I'm just getting up now. Our fifth game in non-league. No, beg your pardon. It was, oh, it was a bit later. It was in November. We won two one after extra, in extra time. Mark Williams scored, and then Jeff Louis scored, 111th yeah. minute. Yeah. And the next round, uh, well, the enormous crowd for that derby was. Hang on a sec. Five hundred thirty-seven. At, at Altrincham, well, 275 Wrexham fans. And then in the next uh, round, we played Southport at home and lost. Well, so, to wrap, again, up, wrap up this segment, bring back the Satanta Shield. That sounds a beautiful <laughs> message. Can I just <laughs> say one tiny final thing about the FA Trophy? Go on. That the game after Bill's choice was maybe, without us realising it, quite significant because we then went to Salisbury City. And Dean Saunders, having picked a good side for, for the Kidderminster match, picked a complete second 11 for the Salisbury game. I was thrilled. I went down to commentate. It was a hell of a long journey down to Salisbury. I decided stupidly to take it by train, went along. Um, <laughs> we lost 1-0. Lee Fowler, who was not match fit, he brought him in. I think it was his debut. And he clearly looked good, but wasn't ready yet and gave away a penalty. And, and then on the way home, uh, there was vandalism on the line and so I could only go back as far as Newport and ended up being on a bus and then in a taxi back to Wrexham it wasn't it wasn't a, it was a long day the taxi was particularly awkward because the train state the train company paid for it and I was in the back of the taxi with two women who I felt I knew I recognised them from somewhere but when I tried to be friendly and chat to them they, they just sort of ignored me Um and the weird thing was that the next week I went into work and I realised that one of them was uh, not a, a supply worker where I work. And, and she was very friendly. And I was thinking, why wouldn't you talk to me in the back of the taxi? What did I do? But anyway, the significance of that game, not the social awkwardness, was that that was the first game we tried Matt Percival at uh, centre-back. Wow. And that, that turned out to be a very good idea. We didn't do it for the rest of the season pretty much. But that was the game where Saunders trialled it and it worked. So the basis of that strong team the next season was partly because of that experimental losing team. Wow. 
fantastic. That's a great way to end this segment. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragonheart. Well, yes, we did mention the Santa Shield. It wasn't a bizarre, strange dream. (laughs) (laughs) I I completely (laughs) forgot about it, but yeah, it sprung to my mind for some reason then. Anyway, yeah, uh, big game on Saturday against Bromley. Let's hope we carry on in this winning form or at least avoid losing. It's a a huge, huge game, isn't it, lads? Oh, massive. Yeah, massive. I actually am a bit sad. Maybe we should look at this in a week or so. I looked at all our remaining fixtures and I think that this and the Borenwood away games are the ones most likely to drop points in personally. Uh, it's tough, but we can win it. We can do this. Yeah, yeah, we got some... We were on a fantastic run of form that this is a really, really tricky game. Well, let's hope they deliver. And uh, equally, if not a bigger game, is that the women's game on Sunday against Glandidno, which is a title to decide the mark. We're going to be looking at that in, in more depth next week, hopefully. Yeah, a, a huge game, historic game, isn't it, Mark? Fantastic to be able to achieve that uh, at this point in their history, so early on. Uh, it be wonderful. And we're running coaches down there as well, which is terrific. It really is nice to see the club are taking this seriously. They should do but this would be a major step forward for the women's team who have had an outstanding time of it and not just the senior one, but the under-19s as well could win their league too. So all across the board, our youth team of the boys is doing well, the women's under-19s and the women's team and and our first team. Wow, we're all on a roll. We're all going in the right direction, aren't we? It's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, It's... Really nice that the women's team are really thriving, and let's hope another Rosie Hughes hat trick. She she knows how to score a goal. Um, yeah, come on, Rosie. We'll, yeah, we'll be we'll be looking at that in more depth. So, good luck to the men. Good luck to the women. This has been Che, Mark, and Bill. This has been Dragonheart. <laughs>